The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Welcome back to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. This is Elizabeth Larkin, and I'm here with Gene Marks. Today's topic is about medical billing. Ah. And Jean, I know your sister is a doctor, but she does something a little different. Yeah. Yes, it's medical. That's something that she deals with. And I guess we can weave this in when we when we get to the, the, the person's question. But um, yeah, my, my sister does. She does uh, concierge medical thing. What is that? You know? So um, it's like she's like a private. This is the way healthcare is going. And this is why. Um, and, and I think a lot of businesses are, you know, she's getting a lot of interest from businesses. She, um, she has her own private practice in Philadelphia. And um, if you want to be her patient, you still have to get your health insurance, but you pay an additional 1500 bucks a year. Oh my God. Additional to what you're paying for your health. And you're like, oh, like you just, oh my God, whatever. What does that get you? Well, it gets you like a personalized service with the doctor. So she only has a few hundred patients that, that does this. So do and I get her, like, personal phone number to Personal text? phone number to text. I'm not kidding. I mean, and she has really? patients. Yeah, she is. A, she's still, she is still furious with me because I recommended a good friend who she, who, who signed up with her. The guy's, like, texting her, like, all day and night. <laughs> you know, like, thinking I'm about to take, like, an Advil. You know, should I take two or should I take one? Like, those, she's like, I'm going to kill you. But she's just kidding. She, but you can, you can text her um, when you have priority appointments. Like, if you need to see her... She will be there to see you. And if you need, you know, then they, um, to keep you coming back, they do like these exams, like all these sort of like deep kind of exams to test your all sorts of things Full about you, whatever, scan. the whole thing yeah. and yep. whatever. And then, you know, and, and Vicky, that's my, my sister is, I mean, listen, I grew up with a woman. I wouldn't let her cut my fingernails, not that I need help <laughs> cutting fingernails. But she is, uh, you know, so, but, but she acts as my doctor. She as does? like a, she's, she's a traffic cop. Okay. So she doesn't lay a finger on me, okay? But I go and I see her. She does run me through the different tests and all that, which is like eyesight and hearing and yep. all that kind of stuff. Yep. But then, like, she is my like my main person at, like, you know, okay, you should see a cardiologist once a year. You should see a urologist once a year. Yep. You should see a dermatologist. And then all the reports come into her. She reviews it. She then, you know, comes back to me. Whenever I get, like, a blood work done, if I'm seeing a special, she sees that. As, she's on top. Of my, she's yep. like your main person. Do you know yep. what I mean? And that's the concierge service. I actually think that's really good. And so how could other, what types of other small businesses could have a service like that? Well, it's not just the types. It just, um, I'll answer that in a minute. But if you're a business owner of a certain size and you're looking to provide benefits to your employees, particularly key employees or senior people or whatever, oh. I am seeing a lot of companies saying, listen, you come and work for us. Not only do we have your health care covered, but we're going to also sign you up for this concierge it's service. expensive, so though. You know, it depends on the employee. So you're right. It's an extra 1500 bucks a year, but okay, so that's an extra Is that a tax write-off in any way? Um, it is a deduction for the, for, for the business. I mean, it is a medical expense. It's an insurance-related type of expense. So yes, um, and it is a um, it's just another employee benefit that you can provide, and I think that it is if you're looking to compete, um, it, it could give you a one up on your competitors. So um, you think about that. Now her there, there's a parent organization. There's a few of them. Hers and again, I'm not getting a commission for this, so don't accuse me. It's, but it's called MDVIP. MDVIP, okay. and and they have doctors like all around. So my sister's just one of many. 
And um, and the other thing that they do is if you travel, once you sign up for the service, you get the same services, whatever city you're in, from oh, whatever okay. doctor. So if I'm out of town and something happens, I can call up one of their doctors and they're they're obligated to see you right away and give you that service. I think it's a pretty great benefit to provide to your employees. Yeah. Not to all of them, of course, because you're like you're right, it can be expensive. But it um, you know, for senior people or key people, people you want to attract, I think I've been talking about it. I think it's kind of a cool thing Interesting. To, to, to do. Now, what kind of businesses could think, oh, I could do that model? Yeah, you know, it's a subscription model. And, and you know, that's the way the world you know, obviously is going. Is more and more people trying to have a way to keep those customers coming back, you know? Mm -hmm. So any business that's a service business that requires ongoing service and maintenance, um, if you're in that type of a business, you should always be thinking about how can I monetize that with a continuous contract to continue i've seen that with like auto repair shops absolutely you know you're guaranteed like we'll do a certain number of oil changes a right. year we'll rotate your tires and would you no consider that on. said you say you had a used car and you had a, an auto repair shop that's like listen for 50 bucks a month we'll guarantee that you get this you know your type of service like oil change twice yep. or whatever and if anything ever happens you'll get reduced rates from us on any yep. whatever and for the business owner you know you got to know your numbers to do that yep because you could really wind up losing your shirt if you miscalculate but then again you can make a boatload of money and have a continuous revenue stream if you if you do the math the right way um the other thing that that really benefits you is is this and i'll use my sister as an example i mean she's got a long way to go before she retires but one day when she does, she's got a few hundred, you know, patients that have signed up with her, with her office, with her firm, and she'll be able to sell that. Is she the only doctor in her office? There's two, actually. Okay. So, so, but she'll sell. I mean, so she, you know, think about it. if you were looking to get into that business and you're like, hey, I'll, you know, we've got a 300, you know, annual paying patients or whatever. Um, that's, that's how you build up a, you know, a value in your business is when you can tell a prospective buyer We've got this revenue stream going Great. on here and you can you can buy into that. So if you're providing a service, um, that's something you should do. That's what I'm trying to do in my business. So today's question, which we're going to get to after we hear from our sponsor, is actually from a medical billing office. Right. And you may think that's, the connection. that's boring, but how will that actually connect to my business? This is a question about how to get in touch with people that are absolutely impossible to get in touch with. Okay. So I think this is actually going to relate to- Getting through the gatekeeper. Getting through the gatekeeper. Yep. Yep. We'll be right back with that question after we hear from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. So this question comes from Diane from Peabody, Mass. And as I said, she is a medical build, medical, I can't say medical billing. It's a medical, medical billing. Medical billing. Right, right. Practice and practice And it's management Hannah, consult. not Ken. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is Diane's question. Since we are mar marketing our services to clinicians, it's most difficult to reach a decision maker by telephone or mailings. We are stopped by gatekeepers from making contact. How do we grow our business against these odds? So when you're thinking about this, you know, you call, I'm going to relate this back to The Office because I'm sure. rewatching that on Netflix. Right. Um, How do you get to Michael Scott? Is exactly. Saying, How do you right? get to Michael Scott when you've got Pam Beasley answering the phone saying like, no, Michael Scott doesn't have time for this. Right, right. Um, 
There's a lot of office jokes that uh, <laughs> one could make for you. Uh, you know, the, the issue, though, is um, this has to do, and I'm glad you actually used it for, like, Michael Scott is, like, you know, from a paper company. So this is not a medical billing issue. Yeah. This, this is, is any everybody. company. How do you get to the gatekeeper of a, of a company? I mean, how do you actually get through to them? So um, it's it, obviously it's a very, very difficult thing to do. But I've got a couple of tricks to try to, to get to the gatekeeper. Stuff that's worked for me in the past. The boss, the people that make decisions. Um, if you try calling them and getting them in the office um, during regular business hours, it's always tough. Yep. If you're trying to get to a business owner or somebody that's on their game, you try them after hours because that's usually when the administrator has like gone home and um, and they're oftentimes picking so up the Pam phone themselves. So Pam is not in the office anymore. She's not. You know, Michael... Not that Michael's such an early riser. <laughs> Maybe he's like a really bad example to use. But it's it's I that has always worked for me in the past. Like if I call a company first thing in the morning, um, I can get you know sometimes I get right through to the to the person I'm trying to reach or because, after hours. Yeah, or after hours. So um, so that's one one trick you know to do that. The other is um, if you're trying to pitch or do something, um, a lot of a lot of companies have automated systems. So um, going to voicemail is not that bad a thing. It's just a way to touch that person mm -hmm. and at least leave a message. So you should have a standard. You should practice your voicemail leaving technique because if you are going to leave a voicemail for somebody that you're going after, you better get that message across in like the first five seconds before yeah. that person deletes you. So, but if you've got a you know pitch that you can do within that five seconds, that is also helpful. You really want to meet the decision maker. I mean, Elizabeth, um, you, you, you go to where they go and they go to conferences, you know. So if you're after some company and you're trying to get to the VP of sales or the owner of the company or the VP of operations, if you look for conferences that are given in their, you know, for their industry. And there's a conference <clears throat> for every, every industry. industry. And we've talked about this in there, right? There's like hundreds of conferences going on. Today, as you and I are speaking, you know, and so, yes, there might be an expense, you know, for doing that. Um, I'm not saying you have to go there and speak, but you can go there as an attendee. You can go there as an exhibitor. Um, and if you go, it's not just you're after that one person, but clearly you're selling into that that, that industry. Yeah. There should be other prospects there. That, I mean, there are people they are all there. They're going to sessions. They're drinking beers at the bar. I mean, this is. You really want to meet those gate, you know, those people, those decision makers. That's where they're going to be. Finally, don't discount like direct mail, Elizabeth. You know, I mean, people say like, how do you get people's attention? Email gets stopped by spam filters and gets deleted. Um, but you know, I, I, because I watch these things when I visit clients and prospective clients, and when people get mail, the admin or whatever, they just wind up dumping the mail. <laughs> on that person's that I'm more people that I know don't you do that like when you're at home you, you got a bunch of junk that gets sent to you yep. but you kind of look at it quickly before you trash it I mean you do give it if you do get a letter sent to you there's chances are you're opening it. I don't recognize you this is from yep. when you open it up there's oh, still definitely. this thing about right the physical and um and again there's a cost to that but there's some great services like print place and vista prints where you can send mailings for like a buck a piece that get through you and know, do you think what's the best <clears throat> look for that do you think it's a plain envelope or do you think it's a postcard where someone ha you know you have to look at your mail because you have to figure out am i throwing this away am i that, recycling it so you you will get that attention it's all of the above okay because i think in today's world um don't think that you're just kind of like it's like shooting fish in a barrel i mean You've got to touch this person multiple times, times, right? Yeah. So it might be a couple of emails, it might be some voicemails, and then also combined with some direct mails as well. And those direct mails 
one month it might just be a postcard with a, some message on it and some good graphic that maybe yeah. catch attention. 30% off. Something, whatever. And then the next month might be an actual like letter in an envelope that's sort of nondescript, you yeah. know, which to the person. Because I always open those nondescript Isn't ones. that terrible? I mean, I I'm like, do I owe way. back taxes? Right. Like, what and is but this? You know it's junk, and yeah. yet you still open it because you're like, oh, it's exciting. Just Somebody's in case, email. just in yeah. case. Yeah. So you never I wanna... write me, Elizabeth. That's the problem. <laughs> it's always email. See, if you send more letters to each other, <laughs> right, it would help communication. I just, um, I communicate with everyone via office memes. That's right. like all I send them. Okay. So we, talk, we touched on this topic before, and you mentioned social media. Now, I think it would be super creepy mm. if someone reached out to me on like my Instagram account, but on LinkedIn, yeah, that might work. Right. So a couple couple of comments there. Okay, could be super creepy only because Instagram. Your Instagram account is mostly personal. Yeah. So if somebody reached out to you. That's that's kind of creepy. People have corporate Instagram accounts, so they that's have their true. business things. And yeah. It's all open. If you're out there, you know, you're applying your wares on Instagram, then people can leave. A, and let's face it, we all read the comments. So if you leave a comment for somebody that is, you know, hey, you know, would you have an it might might help. Yeah. Twitter and LinkedIn absolutely are great with LinkedIn. I'm glad you brought that up because um, my trick with LinkedIn is I send a connection request um, and with it, it gives you the ability to add a note. And then I will add a note like, hey, I've been trying to reach you. Would you be interested in this and that and the yeah. other thing or whatever? Um, so first of all, somebody accepts the request. That's great. And even if they don't respond back to the note, oftentimes I will then respond to them and say, you know, hey, not sure if you saw my note. Would you be interested in speaking? You know, it's like, yeah. oh, it's, it's you're doing sales. The other thing with LinkedIn is if somebody does accept your connection request, oftentimes they have a, a different type of email that's not on like a corporate email, it might be oh, a Gmail okay. or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, oh, that might be a good way to you know, reach that person on their, on their Gmail. They put it on LinkedIn. I mean, there it is. Twitter is the other way. Now, again, in, in B2B, you know, if you're selling it, because a lot of times that's people are not on Twitter. It just depends on who your audience is. But um, if I'm trying to reach somebody on Twitter sometimes, I mean, if I'm not having it's not successful reaching them by email or other means, um, I will reach out on um, Twitter, try to just tweet okay. them directly. And sometimes, you know, that, that actually does work. I mean, in today's world, everybody gets their communications in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. So um, I think you've got you've to touch in, in different ways. You can get there. Well, Diane, I hope we gave you some ideas. Yeah. So, Diane, I would, again, right? I mean, industry conferences to find that doctor that you're trying to get through. I'm thinking of my sister. We're getting back to my sister that we talked about earlier. I mean, yeah. she, believe it or not, she gets people that sometimes stop by like come by the office i wouldn't recommend doing that because i first of all it's super time consuming and it's it's kind of a pain like yeah soliciting. it's low low yeah it's like you're selling rate like, of return on yeah that. it's like you're selling dictionaries door to door or something yeah. it's just it's just that's a little overboard so conferences yeah she goes to conferences you direct know, mail there. yeah leave her a voicemail once or twice to get her attention oh, Send, right call early in the morning call early she's definitely there early in the morning as well reach out to her on linkedin she's active there and uh, she's another, she's a good example. She has an Instagram account and she posts like you know, nutritional things to eat and, you know, medical related stuff or whatever. She looks at the people that comment and, yeah. you know, you can reach out to her and say, with well, something complimentary like this. I love, I follow you. What I does love she it. comment on what you eat, Jane? She does not make any comments <laughs> on what I eat. I think she's a lot worse than I do, actually. That's another reason I don't take any of her advice. No, I'm just kidding. She's All right. Good. We'll be right back with Jane's word of brilliance. Cool. Do you want to start a business, but don't know how to leverage your skills and strengths? Small Biz Ahead has you covered. Our new ebook, Opportunity Knocks, How to Find and Pursue a Business Idea That's Right for You, 
We'll help you determine the best markets for you to start a business in, how to set up a business based on your personality, and how to put your ideas into action with a solid business plan. Go to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. All right, we're back with Jean's word of brilliance. Is it one word or two? Or Today's word of brilliance, um, everybody's going to like this one. Okay. It's one word. It's gold. That's what it is, okay? Okay. And here's the reason why I bring this gold up, okay? Are you going to argue for the gold standard? No, stop. Um, my, my, I'll use my daughter as an example because I, I wrote about this recently somewhere. Um, my daughter was, for a year between college and, and grad school, she was um, um, waitressing. Okay. Right? And if you're a waitress, if anybody's ever done that before, and everybody should do that at one point in their life, um, it's all about the tips, right? Yeah. So if you're running a business where you've got employees that are relying on their income, like in Philadelphia, like you get paid like, I think like $2.63 is the minimum wage for people in the service industry, like waitress, because they supposedly make it up on, on their, it's a big deal. Okay. And attracting employees, the, 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 which is really hard to do nowadays, hard to find good waiters and waitresses unless you pay them, you know, well, or else they're going to go, you know, somewhere else. Well, Elizabeth, I've got a way for your waiters and waitresses or anybody that gets tips to make more than 14% more in income without you having to pay them really? a dime more. I've got a secret for doing what it. What is it? The answer is gold. A team of researchers from the University of Tennessee did this study over the past year. You're so proud of yourself this right now. This is a great story. <laughs> they did this study and they went to like a, hundreds of restaurants and they did a couple variations on the same, same theme. And the variation was this. When a diner received their check in, a, in one of those billfold things yep. that was black, right? And when somebody received their check in a billfold that was gold... The diners left 14% more wow. on their tips. And they tested it as well with the tableware. When the tablecloths were like gold or the plates were like gold colored or whatever, uh, had the same impact on the way people left their tips. There was some psychological thing wow. going on in our heads that when we're in an environment and we see gold, we think affluence and wealth and whatever, we, we, we become more generous. And they prove that that is the case. And the, so the answer is, is they look, you're trying to compete and get good people to come visit your restaurant. If that's what you're trying to do, or if you're in some other type of service related business where there's tips, the answer is this. Take a few bucks out, replace your billfolds with gold billfolds and replace your tablecloths with gold tablecloths. That's a minor expense for a lot of it people. It's so obnoxious, though. But then, you know, when you say it's obnoxious, but then your, your staff is getting paid more and that benefits them. And then, yeah. of course, it also benefits you because you can retain your staff more or have them tell their friends that we're getting more money at this place come and work you know, at this restaurant so Good that's a way you day. can increase your employees wages without spending much great okay. great tip gene yeah, thank you all right well thanks for tuning in everyone and we'll talk to you next week thanks for joining elizabeth and gene for another edition of the small biz ahead podcast for the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts visit the hartford small biz ahead We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.